0: A mysterious, intriguing, and often misunderstood occupation. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. BugCrowd's award-winning platform combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at bugcrowd.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the
1: Hacker Factory Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Wiley, the Hacker Maker. In each episode, I have a guest sharing their unique story of how they got into cybersecurity. And along with that story, they share knowledge of how they got started, and hopefully it can help you on your journey or help progress in your journey. And I'm very happy to introduce Jennifer Bate today. Jennifer and I met a few years ago uh, through a mutual friend, and we've kind of been you know, I've been kind of following her uh, career over the years, and it's really great the way she's doing, and she's really excelled and has had a very successful career. So I'm very sure that this is going to help you in your career and uh, help motivate you. So welcome to the show, Jennifer.
2: Thanks, Phil. I appreciate you having me on. I, I'm so excited. I, I think it's really great what you were, what you're doing, I, you're just talking about, I feel like you're giving a voice to, uh, people whose voices might not normally be heard and I'm excited to, to, to share.
1: Yeah. I'm, uh, looking forward to sharing your story and yeah, those voices need, need to be heard because I mean, there's too many cases that people are in really bad situations and they hear other people's stories and it helps them overcome and encourage them. So, uh, since some of our listeners may not know of you, why don't you introduce yourself and share about you and uh, your life and your career?
2: So what, I, what I'm what i doing now, my name is Jen Bate. Uh, nice to meet everybody. I'm a consultant. I work in offensive security, I work at a big consulting firm, and I have been in the industry for a couple of years. Uh, I do web application pen testing, and I also have done network pen testing, a little bit of everything. Um, some network configuration reviews, and uh, it's a second career for me. So when people ask me, you know, like how did you get into cybersecurity, I say, well, <laughs> I took the long way. I, I took the long way. Um, you know, it, it reminds me, I feel like you're in Texas. Like they say, people people in Texas say, I, I wasn't born in Texas, but I got here as soon as I could. You know, I, I say, like I wasn't born in cybersecurity, but I got here as soon as I could.
1: <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> So yeah, can you kind of uh, share how you got started? I mean, before your cybersecurity career and and kind of how you got into cybersecurity.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna go back a little bit. I feel like it's. I don't know how you feel. I know you come from kind of a, a different background too. And sometimes I think, wow, if any one of these things had not happened, I would not be here. And it's it's just it's just interesting how life unfolds. My uh, again, like I said, it's a second career for me. Third, if you count being a mom. My first career, I have an electrical engineering degree from the University of Michigan, uh, from Michigan, and, uh, you know, my mom was a calculus teacher, and my dad was an engineer, so, you know, what else are you going to do with me, and math runs pretty heavy in my family, so it was just very normal to choose engineering, and my brother was one, and, you know, we have General Motors and Ford and things like that in Detroit, so I chose electrical engineering because it had the most math. So uh, I was finishing up Michigan, pretty tough school, very highly ranked, if you believe in that kind of thing. So lots of job offers. I was finishing graduation. It had been a tough a tough program. I was usually the only woman, one or the only two women in the program, um, and I was too young to really understand how distracting that was to be the only person in the room um, that we talk about now and just having things be kind of distracting by that but yeah job offers i mean i just was just really uninspired i remember like i got four or five job offers and i was looking at grad school for biomedical engineering and i just was just not that inspired i remember thinking this is what i've been working for to sit at lunch and 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 drink perrier and look down michigan avenue and 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 have this job and and in 50 years I'm going to be dead. You know, it just, just doesn't seem like, like this is what, I, what I've been working for. And about that time, a guy in one of my classes said, Hey, uh, the air force is looking for engineers to work in their hospitals. And, uh, you, but you know, you'd have to join the air force. And I like, well, that, what, what does that mean? And like, I knew what the Air Force. I, he's like, you have to get your commission and all that. So I looking for a venture. I, I got my commission in the air force and I, declined all those jobs. They hadn't, you know, Air Force hadn't paid for college or anything. It was, I don't come from a military family. It was just looking for adventure. And I, I declined all the other off opportunities and broke up with a boyfriend. And the next thing I know, driving down to Texas, a place I'd never been before. And it really was like that old movie where the, the gal's like, is, is green the only color these come in? You know, like, like that old Goldie Hawn movie. I didn't really know anything about anything, but, um, but yeah, it was a really fun thing. I was in the military for about six years. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the people. It really runs in a lot of families. So you just kind of join this big family and um, got to do some interesting things and have some adventures. And I got you get to be a part of the infrastructure of the country. So it, it's just a neat thing. And uh, I met my husband. I uh, married an Air Force hunk. And he was a military officer, too. So we got married. And they were like, you know, it was just really hard to be like stationed together and it became sort of like a yeah do we really want to do this thing do we want to move this off and then we both decided yeah we probably don't so uh we both left the military about the same time and you know hire a veteran because they quit their jobs I mean you quit your job and you really don't usually have anything lined up because it's going to be a transition so my husband software engineer he found the first job in San Diego so we moved here and uh, you know, I'm like, well, they, they have hospitals in San Diego. It's gonna be no problem, But my career tr- transition didn't go as well. I kind of struggled to find like the civilian version of my career. They were sort of looking for a different skill set. It just didn't go well. They didn't go, well. I find something. I worked for a couple years. It was a long way from home. It was just not a great fit. And I remember thinking I need a different career but I don't know what so that that risky like Air Force thing kind of was coming due uh anyway so yeah so we started our family and it was just sort of easy it was it was difficult but it was an easy decision to go yeah we we had three kids three boys in five years on purpose (laughs) and uh it was just it was like look this is not a good fit Let I'm just gonna be the full-time parent for a while and uh but yeah, so a the, the break is a break, right? It's, it's, I chose my choice. A break is a break. But mine turned into a little bit longer, probably than most people's. And when my middle son was five, he was we're like, something's different, we think. And so he was diagnosed with Asperger's uh, about that time. So and he's in the middle. And so we began to be like navigating the whole school district thing and, and just trying to advocate for him and be in his team and advocate for him until he was old enough to advocate for himself. And uh, I did, and he does. So, that, but that took time, that took time and, and, and energy. And at year five, I remember thinking, it's been about like five years he, he, or so he was diagnosed. And I remember thinking, well, Michigan told me my half-life of my electrical engineering degree was five years. So I guess half-life is, is five. And by year 10, I thought, well, I guess I'm done. I I didn't really want to be done, and I didn't really have time to think about it, but I thought, huh, I'm done, I guess. And by year 15, if I had time to think about it, it was just like, huh, that was that person, that was that other, that was that other person. That was the person maybe that I, that I knew once, that I used to know. And that's, uh, that is just where I was when, you know, when you're, when you're a parent, I know you, you have a daughter, Phil, and it's like, it's the only kind of job that if you do a good job, you, you work yourself out of a job. Like, you know, it's your, your job is, my job was winding up. My kids were middle school on up. People were doing okay. People were doing okay. My son was in a charter school he liked. Um, but I was just that other person that I had been. I didn't really, I don't know. I didn't really think about it. And, um, but, but really, like I said, I wanted to prepare him for the world. And what I've often felt like now, I, I feel like maybe my next responsibility might be to help if they'll let me prepare the world for them. And I, I don't know that you've ever had anybody on your show or might consider having an, anybody in your show that identifies as being on the spectrum that works in offensive of security. If, if that would be, I just think that would be an interesting conversation.
1: Yeah, that's a good recommendation. Some, something definitely keep in mind.
2: So middle school on up, I'm standing in the middle school library and my friend goes, Hey, um, what are you gonna do next? I go, yeah, I don't know. Like she goes, maybe you wanna be a teacher. I go, maybe, maybe I could teach calculus and not wanna like run screaming from the room. And, and she goes, maybe you wanna be an educational advocate cause you've been advocating for your son. I go, yeah, I don't really think so. I used to be an engineer. I'd really just love to get back into that but no one's gonna hire me now. I know a lot of engineers that have left the field to be parents or whatever and they can't get back in, they told me. so uh, just then the librarian said, "The the boy, the network is so slow today the LAN was just here and I said what and land land LAN in this case is a person and they she, I said well what do they do and she told me and I went home and I cracked open my laptop and I registered for the A plus class at my local community college online because I didn't have the courage to go into class there was no way I was going to set foot in a the class there was no way I, I can't explain why I don't seem like why would I be that way but I just 15 years I was there was no way and uh, I, I told my husband, that's going to be my job. I'm going to get my A-plus certification, and I'm going to go work for the school district. I'll repair their laptops, and that'll be my job. And my husband, who's the, like, the biggest, he's the captain of my cheerleading squad, said, you're thinking too small, and you're so smart. You're so much smarter than me. Like, you're thinking too small. And I'm like, shut up. What do you know? <laughs> you know like and and you know he he was right just that once just that once one time was he right but uh yeah i took the a plus class and i go this is pretty cool and the end of the a plus class is a little bit of networking and when i saw the networking i thought okay now i remember this the binary binary math it's it, it's just hammered into us as electrical engineers binary math and boolean math and and all that so i said what's that and they go well you should take the network plus class because that you can make more money if you know, if you have the Net plus over the A plus, I'm like, all right, so sign me up for that Net Plus. And so Net Plus is when I got my I got my mojo back. I remembered I was smart. I'm acing everything because I have an electrical engineering degree. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't difficult for me to learn. And the guys, I think I aced the closed book final. And the guy said, Would you say your background was again? And I told him, and I go, Yeah, 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 but I'm just gonna go do this thing. He goes, Well, do you like networking? You should take the Cisco classes. Because we have a series of four classes, it's hands-on routers and switches. I go, all right, he goes because he can make more money if you get your Cisco certification. I go, well, great. When do those start? He said September, and I said, well, okay, it's March, and my kids are in school. I'm teaching people how to drive. I'm doing all that thing. So I'm like, well, what do you, what, what do we got in March? And he and they're like, wireless or security. And so I said, well, I'm not working in security, but I, I don't even know why I said that. I didn't know anything about security. I, I'll, I'll take the security class as a filler. I'll just take it while I'm waiting for the Cisco classes to start in September. So the first day of security plus classes and maps to security plus the guy goes yeah this is kind of a dry class but we're going to do a ctf and i'm like what's that and he's like well it's this this and this and i'm like well i can't do it i don't know what i'm doing i'm not supposed to be here you know and i don't know what's going on and he's like don't worry you're perfect you're perfect for a key ctf and 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 just go ahead and you know that it's accelerated learning so yeah long story short i fell just straight down the rabbit hole i almost canceled the cisco classes i didn't but i i fell down the rabbit hole and i felt like i was made out of lead and i've been falling ever since
1: very cool it's that that's awesome the way you know things kind of happen in life that at the time it seems like an inconvenience but then you actually find find your passion so that's pretty awesome that that's that's how you uh kind of discovered some of the offensive security stuff and security through that through that class that's pretty cool
2: yeah, I think, I don't know where I would be without the community college. I think, I think the great word about community college is community because you get to meet people in your local area and you get to be in community and the, somebody in the class started a security uh, club. So that's something nice where people can put on their resume if they if they don't have anything. So I was at the security club and we were doing CTFs together and we were learning a bunch, but we, we, all, we all were terrible at web, we were terrible at web. Nobody could, we were doing national cyber league, we were, we were doing horrible. And we kept saying, like, does someone know anything? Because we would teach each other. Like, if I was good at networking, I could teach somebody Wireshark. But nobody knew web. And so we kept saying, we just feel like we need, like, a little OJT. We need, like, an in-service. We need somebody just come and give us, like, a quick lesson. Because the professor said he didn't know enough about web to teach us. And there was a gal on the security club who said, hey, I I know a guy. And she goes, yeah, I know a guy. His name is Derek Rook. He, He teaches, I think, for this company. I don't really know. And he works at Teradata in the red team and he might he might be willing to come and talk to our security club and like give us a class. And so this SANS instructor local came, we bought him some beer and we put him on a stage at a pub and he threw up his laptop and shared a screen and taught us a bunch of stuff that probably mostly went over my head. I was having to wire shark at that point. A web was not anywhere on my radar. And, and you know, burp suite, it's just, it just fries your brain if you've never like seen it before or whatever. And I, I remember Derek's really good. He taught us a bunch. I think the main thing I remember is that he said, someone said, hey, you work for this company. It's really expensive. It's really expensive um, classes and they're really good, but they're really expensive. And he goes, well, we do scholarships for women. And it was largely women in this, in this um, club, weirdly. And so I went home and I Googled, you know, S A N D S scholarship <laughs> or whatever. And I found the SANS Women's Immersion Academy scholarship. And I'm like, well, I'll, and I, at that point had my net plus and my, my security plus. So I, but I hadn't worked yet. I'm still like, I'm just going to take one more class. I'm just going to take one more class. And then I'm going to go repair computers, you know cause probably they won't hire me in security yet. I'm hurt, I've been told. So yeah, so I applied for that and all the women and I ended up getting the scholarship. It's very competitive. I, I don't know how many thousands of people they have apply. I think it helped. I was a veteran, but you, uh, all the Women's Immersion Academy grads, when we talk, we're like, yeah, life-changing. It's, it's, and I want people to understand what those scholarships mean to people like us, because other than the birth of my kids <laughs> and the day I got married, I mean, that I could tell you where I was standing when I, when I found out I got that scholarship. And I know, I know their classes are expensive, but what I tell people is like a percentage of that goes to people like me and 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 they trained me because the industry would not and so I, I put that different ways depending on how salty I am but I I was standing in the in the frozen food aisle at, at Stater Brothers in Cumber Mountain and I I just about lost my mind and I went to check out and the guy's like how are you today you know and I just about like kissed him on the mouth I was so happy it's just such a life-changing thing so we get three GX certifications in six months and we get mentoring. And we get help with our resumes and it's just a really great, and mostly they just have to keep telling us that we can do it because it's, it's mostly people like me who just like walked in off the street. And, and the requirement is that we don't already be working in the industry. So it really does help pull people in. So yeah. Did you want to say anything?
1: Yeah, that was, that was awesome that you got that. Cause I, I remember you talking about that. I'm trying to remember if you've mentioned that you were applying for it or how I found out about that, but that's, That's an awesome opportunity for anyone that gets to do that. That's, you know, some of the best training you can get from people that are industry experts. I mean, not to knock colleges and stuff, but, you know, sometimes you go to a college and it's someone that's academic and they may not have real world experience. You got people here that are, you know, have worked in consulting. You know, you've got people at SANS that have created different types of exploits like Tim Medine with curb yeah. roasting Kerberos, and that sort of thing. So that w- was an awesome opportunity.
2: Yeah. So really, really life-changing. Exactly. So yeah, so we're up to what, six certifications, right? And I, I know work experience because Sam said, Hey, this is kind of intense. Maybe hold off on job hunting uh, until you're done. Cause we might maybe have some people wash out if they get get a job in the middle. So it's like another six months and I got the burn for pen testing. I think that was when I met you because I was trying to decide which was my electives. And I was like, well, I am I would love to be a pen tester, uh, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. So yeah, so off to the job hunt, right? And and SANS helps us with our resume, but you know, so everything was formatted, right? Everything was spelled, right? It looked nice, but it was, I promise you, whoever can hear my voice, I had a worse resume than you. <laughs> Because anything like that from my old career, long ago, it, it fell off. It fell off the resume. I had volunteering on there. I had my certifications. I had my participation in the CTFs and things like that. But I just kept thinking, I, I, you can only put so much lipstick on a pig. And I didn't qualify for internships because they, those were all said new college grads. I didn't qualify for, for veterans transition apprenticeships because those were for new, newly transitioning veterans. And I, I wasn't one. And so I would just look for opportunities and I I just wasn't saying very much that didn't say those two things. But my my superpower was that I knew a lot of people because uh, I raised my kids here. We did a ton of volunteering. My husband and I both have just been involved in our community. So, you know, it was like, look, I, I and I, I joined the community college. So I met people at the security club and then I go, well, hey, how do I like how do I find and they go you should go to OWASP and you should go to ISACA and you should go to ISA, and those and WESIS and all those other networking groups those are all networking groups that meet in your town and uh, I had friends of mine friends of my kids I had my I just by the time I got done with a list of people that I knew because I knew the only way that I was going to get interviewed I knew if I can get the interview I just figured if I could get the interview I could probably get the job I just felt like I probably could but I didn't think I was going to get the interview because my, my resume sucked. And so I, I didn't say pen testing at first. I just like, look, I'm going to, I want to do cool stuff with cool people. I want to do cool stuff with cool people. And I don't want to get in the freeway. And this is before COVID. I don't want to get in the freeway because there's so many like good companies right by my house. And so I made a list and this is, this is what I tell people. I, I made a list and I looked for what's called the Holy Grail. So I made a list of companies where I wanted to work. And I looked for, I, I went to their career uh, page on their site. And like careers at Northrop Grumman.com or whatever. And I found some jobs that I would qualify for if I squinted. Like I'm never going to qualify for any of these because they all had experience next to them. But I just found jobs that I would maybe be qualified for. Like two to three years experience, especially now, means, means zero. Five years of experience means two. Seven years means like 18 months. Like go figure that out. I don't know. But so I, I just, I got a list. I got the rec number. And I, I got the, fr- I found a friend like, so if I could find a friend that worked there or a friend of a friend who worked there um, a rec number. And then I would ask them if they knew the hiring manager. And then I would ask them if they had an internal referral. Cause most of these companies have internal referrals, like especially cyber. If they hire a cyber person, they get like 500 bucks or like a thousand. So you're not asking them for something that you, that like is gonna really cost them anything. And, and you've already done the work. Look, here's the rec number. You don't walk up to them and say, hey, Northrop Grumman, I heard they hire people in cyber. Do you have anything? You don't do that. That's asking them to do work for you. You go to their page, You look, I found this rec number. Do you know the hiring manager? And sometimes they did, and sometimes they didn't. But that way, with that, I could get the interview. I might not get the job, but I would get the interview. I didn't apply blindly online. I, I was tempted sometimes, there's a lot of that, like there's a lot of Indeed messages come through. But I just found that if I didn't do what I just said, I wouldn't get the interview. It's super important, super important. So I would then, yeah, so then you hit them with your smarts because because a career changer or a career relauncher, our, our strength is is in what they get extra. Like they get a mature person and they get someone who knows themselves and they get someone who can talk and speak and write and with some maturity. And so that's your strength. You need to take the battle, I forget it's probably in the art of war where you take the battle where you have the advantage. You wanna take that battle to the interview chair you don't want to fight that battle with your resume. Your resume sucks. You need, And even if it doesn't, they get, like, I don't know, a stack of resumes for some of these entry-level jobs. And you are just, even if you're perfect, you're not going to, you're probably not going to get a call. But I could just bypass that. Because if the hiring manager, they're like, hey, look, Jen's really cool. She's really smart. She's she's been raising her kids and she's, you know, got this, these certifications and she's, I, you know, we're friends or I know her, I've met her. They don't have to be BFFs. I met so many people like at, at like WESIS, Women in Cybersecurity and just chance meetings. Hey, because people want to help. People do want to help. Um, No one's going to lower the bar, but they do want to help you. So they're going to help you maybe get the resume and maybe it's going to be not that job, but it might be, it might be maybe a related job that hasn't been listed yet. Yeah. You're not quite qualified for this, but We got something else, like someone might be leaving. And so we might be have an opening later. I'll I'll call you like later. So I actually had four offers. One was um, a sock that they found me through the security club. I think one was a friend of um, kids went to preschool together. One was a WESIS meetup and one was a guy in my Cisco class. And that, and that's the job that I took. And it was actually a junior pen testing job where they would kind of train you and let you shadow people. And, but I don't think I would have found it if it wasn't for him, cause he was like, Hey, what are you going to do after Cisco classes over? And I'm like, I got the scholarship and I think I'm going to. And so later he, we kept in touch and he goes, Hey, um, I think my company hires junior pen testers like for a training program. I'm like, wow, I'm surprised. They're not like fall and like overwhelmed, but I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, that was the only reason I heard about it. Cause I was Googling G pen and I'm Googling pen tester, junior jobs on indeed. And, you know, sometimes there's just no substitute just for hearing about the job than your network.
1: Yeah. Cause you know, one of the great things about that is you may find out about the job before it's posted too. So you're not having to deal with waiting till things get posted. And, and as you mentioned, the networking piece, that's huge. Uh, my former students and people I mentor, I'm always telling them to network because you're able to help. You're able to bypass that HR firewall. I mean, I've applied for yep. jobs that I was qualified without a doubt. You know, I was work. I went to work for a bank through someone I met at an OWASP meeting. But prior to that, around the same time, I applied for another bank, had all the qualifications I need, and went the standard route of uploading resume and applying that way. Never hurt. It took a year later to hear back from them. And part of that was because I went the other way. I had the certifications that they would be looking for, the experience, and just didn't, you know, it took a year to finally get contacted. But this other place, someone was told me at an OWASP meeting that they had openings for pen testers. I gave them the resume, and I got an interview. So, it, so you know, they have referral programs for a reason because they know they can get people that they know of. It helps the person that's doing the resumes to sort through resumes because you got these resumes, and a lot of these <laughs> things can be identical. How do you pick who to interview? You can't interview every single person. And so if you know someone on the inside, then that's uh, definitely a big help.
2: Yeah, it's it's pretty big. It's become a cliche to say network. I think people maybe don't take that in when we say it, but and, and they say, well, I don't know very many people or I, I promise I am I am I don't sound like it, but I am a solid introvert. And I to go to all wasp took a lot of courage to walk in the door knowing I'm probably gonna be the only woman, certainly older, you know, my kids are older. I, I don't know. I just was it took a lot of courage. I'd much rather be sitting on my couch, like watching Walking Dead or whatever, but or, or just surfing and looking for indeed jobs. But it's going to pay off more it's going to pay off so much more to put that list together like i described you shouldn't have to apply to that many jobs you don't you shouldn't have to if you've got a good foundation and you interview halfway well you should not I mean, people are like oh i had to apply to thousands of jobs or i didn't i didn't have to apply to that many and i i picked my favorite i had my pick and and i'm glad i put that i'm i'm, I'm always glad i went to those meetings if they meet or if they meet online it's just really useful i would just walk up to somebody who's by themselves, and i would just strike up a conversation or eat lunch with them or whatever and say, what do you do? Where do you work? And do they hire junior people? And at OWASP they said, Hey, maybe you want to go to a consulting firm because you'll get exposed to a bunch of different um, types of clients and things like that. And, and they asked me about my background. And so they just gave me some good words on the street advice. I didn't have anybody else to ask. And, and so, and people want to help people, especially if they meet them. So really can't, I clearly can't drive that home long enough so yeah that's how i did it and i i love it i it's it's constant learning it's it's a great industry i'm pretty happy to um have found something that um is worth my time and my talent and my energy and that it just values people who love to dive down rabbit holes and that's me so no life is good
1: that's great and one of the things we need to touch on because you, you kind of mentioned your challenges you know being a stay-at-home mom so going back trying to get into the workforce you know, this can be a difficult industry for women to begin with, because just trying to get you go to security conferences, you see how many women there. It's improving, which is great to see. And you go to some of these, see some of these security departments, how many women pen testers they have is not that women can't do it. It's women getting the jobs. So, uh, you know, the networking part you mentioned, are there any other tips that you have for like women that, you know, are trying to get break in the industry?
2: You know, I, I guess I'm trying to I'm trying to address two groups of people. One I'm trying to address is is women because I, I like I I know so many former engineers. I, I know so many people who used to be engineers, and they all do different things now because when they took the career break, they they found that they could not get back into their career anymore. So. I, you know i feel like i want to address two groups of people one is i just if you can't see it you can't be it so I'm, I'm trying to tell my story and and eventually you know, be good at my craft that i'd be only talking about the tech but until that time i guess i'm talking about this group of people and i wish i wish the average person understood because i didn't i don't think people understand the nearly insurmountable obstacles that lay before someone like that when you're a technical woman trying to get back into a job market after a career break of any length even if it was just 5 years i don't think it should be that hard i i i don't know i, I just didn't know anybody who'd done it and so i i thought that was weird and like why and it, that made it very psychologically kind of a mind screw because i'm like well if it if it could be done why haven't why, why don't more people do it and i i do feel like it's a it's a symptom of a bigger issue where we have this gender problem. We're all talking about this gender problem. Like, why are we still like 80, 90% male? And I feel like a firewall sometimes. I feel like a firewall, like set on, sometimes set on explicit denied because people, you can't be in the industry for more than five minutes and people want you to come talk to their young women, choosing industries, because young women, they are voting with their feet. They're the most informed women that, the young women that have ever been walked the planet about what they want to choose and when they and i and i want to go tell them how great my industry is and ask me in 5 years because i don't think it should be this hard i think there should be more of a, I, I, I met the gal from department of homeland security at the last We's conference and she's a mom and she's a veteran and we struck up a conversation i said i just don't think i think there should be a path and we were talking about what that path might be like returnships like like temporary returnships where they can kind of check you out and then they hire you on as a more advanced role and i i changed my mind i don't want a path I want a freeway. I, I think there needs to be a freeway. I think it needs to be as big of a freeway back into the industry for women like me, uh, just as big of a freeway as there is for new college grads. And and I see companies that some of them have returnships, some of them have them, but not enough. They're really, really rare. They're like Bigfoot and they're, and they're overwhelmed with applicants. And so I think if a company can afford 100 internships for new college grads, especially because we know that new college guys don't know anything, that maybe they could have 100 returnships for people like me or other talented people or career changers or whatever of any gender trying to get back in the industry. And so that's the other firewall comparison is like, I feel like a firewall on implicit deny because it's like, you know, by the time she's 18 your daughter has met particular groups of people and half of the doctors that she's met have been female, and most of the dentists have been female, and all the teachers have been female, and the nurses have been female, and and like it's every every other industry has has solved this. But the only people that she meets by the time she's 18, most of the people that she's met that have, that are in engineering or are in you know cybersecurity are are mostly male. Or your her dad and his her, her dad and his his slightly strange friends. So, you know, and then you, add, you ask her, you know, like, what do you want to do? And she's like, well, that I think psychologically, she, even if she, you're, you tell people, yeah, you can do whatever you want, you know, or this is the world is your oyster. Whatever, she just, she, her brain is tagged that with, with, with mail. And, and so she's not meeting me because I'm not there. I'm at the community college <laughs> taking an A plus class thinking I'm going to like, like repair computers because I can't get back in engineering. So I, I do think it's a People like me, I feel like you can shove you can shove stuff in the one end, you know. Like you can you can you can feed off the, the universities or whatever, and you can go ahead and feed that pipeline all you want. But it, there's a leaky pipeline, and it's there, and and there should be a path back. And so, I just think there should be a freeway, though. I'm not a unicorn. I used to think I maybe maybe I'm a unicorn. Maybe I'm a unicorn. Maybe I am. And then I'm like, no, I'm not there's thousands, there's thousands of people like me. There's thousands of women like me. There's tens of thousands if you count the ones coming after me. So that's what I came here to say.
1: Yeah, that that's great. And and a great thing to share. Just like you said, all these other areas you see so many women in, but you get into technology and you know, this is not just security. This is other areas of it. You just don't see as many women. So definitely, you know, uh, People need to need to, like you said, network, get plugged into some of these women's groups because you know some of them offer uh, scholarships as well to like DefCon and other conferences, some training opportunities, and that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, and it ta- you know, job hunting takes a lot of um, courage and resiliency. You know, so I always tell people, look, it's it's the only it's the only path of failure. It's it's failure after failure until you succeed, and the success only comes at the very end there's not a lot of encouragement along the way. And so you just need a lot of support and a lot and to hear from, I love to listen to podcasts like this. I would listen to them all the time because it just showed me that other people that didn't come from the perfect little computer science, 22 year old background could, could do this. And, and, and look, I'm a pen tester. I I jumped the line. I jumped a bunch of lines and, um, and it's good so I, I just think I, I, you, if if you need a if you have a posse you need to have a posse you just need to have people tell you you can do it you know Sans just kept you can do it you can do it my friends, my husband everybody just kept you can do it they'd be lucky to get you that you can do it and I just needed to hear that you just need and I my whole first year of my of my first job back I had a I had a sticky note on my laptop that said they're not better than you. And I just needed to see that. I just mm-hmm. needed to see that. I, I I'm not proud that I needed to see that. I, maybe because I was the only on a bunch of different teams, I just didn't fit in. And I just like I I can do this, I, I, you know. And and one day I I stood up and my foot I stood up to get some water, and my foot hit something, and that sticky note was on the ground. I'm like, huh, I guess I don't need the sticky note anymore. And that was that was a great day.
1: That's that's pretty cool. And you know, like you mentioned too, having supportive family and friends, you you really need that. And that's that's great that you had your husband that was telling you that you were better than than A plus or whatever. So it's good to have that you had someone to encourage you to to aim higher because you know it's just we really people really need that encouragement these days. And just the people like yourself sharing your stories showing that they they can accomplish these goals. One of the things I like to kind of compare it to is like in sports. Say someone You know, like in whatever specific 440 relay or whatever is under a certain time or a mile or a marathon, that limit has been there for so long, people don't think they can do it. But once you're able to achieve that goal then other people around you see that they can't do and they can move forward in advance as well.
2: Yeah, that four minute mile. That's a great comparison. I think about that a lot. I think about that a lot. And I, I just kept saying I'm going to do what they say can't be done because all of my friends like, yeah, you let me know. And, and I have a friend who's an aerospace engineer. I met her because we were um, both, both volunteering at the school. And I said, you ever?" she's one of the first people I was thinking about things. I said, you ever try and get back on the show? Because <laughs> she's so smart. And she said, yeah, I tried. I, I tried. They, they won't. I can't get arrested. Like, like. And she's older than me. They Her and her husband adopted a couple kids and they, she wanted to be home with them for until they got to elementary school and she's like just that break she's like yeah i can't can't like get arrested and i ran into her the other day i said hey what are you doing and she's so neat and she's like yeah i I started volunteering at the wild animal park and i work for a biologist i'm volunteering and i count worms i count worms for this biologist and so that was my like thing i would tell cliff i go yeah my gosh if no one hires me i'm gonna have to go count worms i'm gonna have to go count worms at the wild animal park and you know she just she said hey it's pretty good gig it's animal park in San Diego. So, but yeah, I just think there should be options and, 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 and my least favorite word is waste. And I just feel like there's just, there's, they're just wasting a lot of women exactly like me. And, and that's just not okay. So see what we can do. It's not my thing. I don't set up relaunch programs or anything. I just think people need to be aware.
1: Yeah. We all, we all do our, our part in just bringing awareness and speaking on that. And one of the things I'd say too, is it's good to see, that things are improving. But one of the things I have to say, like yourself, and then like my wife and other people that you've had to deal with, you know, discrimination has been worse in the past. And people, there's a long ways to go. But even, you know, a lot of times when you're not you don't get a promotion, or you don't get that good of a raise or certain things like that, it just, you know, you're just kind of used to it. And that it shouldn't be that way.
2: Yeah, no, it's true. And everybody has those stories, you know, and, and I, I think those are out there. It it, but It's this, it's this baked in. Um, it's like, it's, it's just, it's just baked in uh, genderism, kind of, because I mean, I don't, I don't want to be a secretary any more than you would want to be a secretary. You know what I mean? At, at, when I'm done raising my kids, like, I don't want to sell real estate. Do you want to sell real estate? I don't. I don't want to, I don't want to work at the mall. Like what, what am I supposed to do? Like if I can't work in my chosen industry and we're all this, like we're the smart, we're the smartest ones, you know, the the former engineers and yeah. So yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad to have this platform and, and get a chance to tell a story from a, from a group of people that you simply don't hear from because we're not there.
1: So. Yeah. And this is, you know, not only is it important to encourage those that are trying to to get in the industry it's an important message for people that are hiring managers or people that can help you know women get into cybersecurity as well as you know non-binary people and lgbt mm-hmm. uh, help help them out too so it's a good good for those people to hear that as well too cuz you know really that's the only way things are going to change is once people realize hey this is a problem you know when you're a guy and things have been easy, you just don't realize the difficulty and, you know, it should make them, you know, aware. You know, there's such a, a skills gap in the industry, not enough people. So why wouldn't you take advantage of, you know, somewhat people that are just good? And sometimes women's work, it, work ethic can be better. One of my wife's managers, she works in digital secu- digital forensics, and yeah, he I constantly goes on about it. he'd rather have women working for him because there's a lot of times that work ethic is, you know, <laughs> a lot of times better than some of the male counterparts.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think it's, I think what you're saying is true. If you can just see it, you know, you can be it. So I think, I think if, um, people you knew that was more of an option, that there would be more doors open, I think. I think there would be more people. I think it's gonna take time. I think we're caught in a negative feedback loop and they've been talking about diversity. And and the other thing is, I think it's really interesting because sometimes, and I appreciate this, people wanna help women get into cybersecurity. It's a, it's a civic duty, they feel like they wanna help. And that's a good reason, that's a good enough reason to help me, like, because you wanna help women. But, you know, when you have a 90% male rate and you have an industry that um, is inadvertently alienating itself, apparently they must be because there's no women in it, so they must be doing something. But they're the ones who, who have the need. Like, women are doing fine. They're going to medical school. They're going, they're a little short in the C-suite, I'll say. Mm-hmm. But, um, but really, I think overtaking men as far as degrees and as far as, you know, medical school and, and law school and, and things, but all is not well with Mm -hmm. cybersecurity. All is not well with cybersecurity. We have a skills gap that is growing, not narrowing. And I don't really think we have the luxury of not having a path that can be seen from outer space for every type of person. Because I think young women see how you treat us. I don't I don't. And I don't mean that misogynistically. I think Mm -hmm. they just see, well, there's no older women in it. So like, why would obviously that's not I mean, I just think their brain does that. I think their brain goes, why don't you be a teacher? Why don't you be a dentist? you know, Mm -hmm. and and why you choose, because the ones that you want are are choosing medical school, dental school, uh, they're becoming attorneys. um, And that's that's who you want to pull to your industry. And I think that people like me is, is just one of the ways that they would see this is a, is a is a viable career option, even though I'm telling them, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. I like can't literally like most of the time I'm like, ah, I can't believe I'm being paid. This is just so neat to, to learn about these web attacks and these different like even if it's a false positive, I get to like learn about it and watch something from Black Hat and learn about it. And I'm paid to learn that stuff. And it's it's just the best.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's good for people to have examples like yourself and, and sharing your story about how you got started, you know, kind of provide some hope for them, let them see themselves in in that type of role
2: yeah no it's a huge like just those little steps just those little steps and i didn't have it all planned out not at Mm -hmm. all i i really didn't and my i ran into another former engineer friend i go you got to do this thing this is really cool she goes well it looks like you had it all planned out (laughs) no no it really was like that i If i hadn't been at that bar if i hadn't been if i hadn't taken that class if i'd taken the wireless class or whatever so thanks so much for letting me tell my story this has been really great
1: well thanks for, thanks for sharing your story. I mean there's, there's a lot of things that, that I didn't really know about your, your, your story, so it, it was great to hear it and thanks for sharing your advice because I'm sure people are going to get some uh, helpful information off of this and we'll be sharing your social media so if people want to follow you, then if they need further inspiration, they can, they can follow you. so uh. Absolutely.
2: And, and if I always tell people if you don't have a posse, I'm your posse. Uh, yeah. contact me I'm your posse now and I'll tell you you can do it because you might you might need to be told that a couple times
1: yeah Jen can be your uh, posse starter kit <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's right the technical interviews that's a whole nother ball of cha- ball, ball of wax but um, the, my advice on the technical interviews because I do very I do well on them is to is to do as many as you can do mm-hmm. as many as you can and do them at places you don't want to work so that you can get over your nerves. Cause the first time I had all these certifications and I, I was like so smart about so many things. And then my, I was so nervous that I got on my first call with a technical recruiter and she asked me what I ran on, what ran on port 80 and my brain left my body. And I was like, what is a computer? I, I, I was just so nervous and I recovered in time, but I got over those nerves at jobs that I didn't want mm-hmm. uh, so that I could be good in the interviews for the jobs that were my dream jobs. And uh, they all kind of ask the same things. I don't know if I have any advice about pen tester questions, but um, they all, it's foundations, you know, it's the foundation asymmetrical, symmetrical cryptography, um, three-way handshake, cross-site scripting, SQL injection. And then after that, it becomes cybersecurity trivia nights. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. whatever is their pet question. And instead of winning a bottle of wine, you win a job. So it's sort of like, one time they asked me a question, I forget what it was, but it was really interesting. And I, I just said, I don't know, but I'm gonna look it up as soon as I get home. Because I thought it was just an, an interesting question and everybody laughed and I yeah. still got a job offer. I mean, you don't have to know everything. You just, you, but you should go in being pretty pretty prepared and, and do, some, do some practice interviews with real companies that you don't wanna work at because they're too far from home or they want you to work shift work and you don't want to, or you, whatever, you know, and, and then you get to those. I went to an interview one time where I had a job offer already that I accepted. And I still went to the interview the next day and it was nine men in a room for an hour where I they asked me technical questions and it was great practice. It was great. I still um, pull from that interview experience to people that are like looking to get in or just for, just for practice. And I, I I already had an offer, it's too late to cancel. And I, my husband's like, go ahead anyway, just see how it goes. And it was it was an hour. That was a lot, but it's funny those group interviews, all of those that have been really bad are not jobs that I ever took. I've said more I've said no to more things than I've said yes to. That that mm-hmm. should encourage people with my blank resume. So that should be encouraging.
1: Oh well, that's great. Thanks for thanks for joining me and sharing your story.
2: Thanks, Phil. Thanks for the opportunity. This has been really great.
1: Oh, you're most welcome. Thanks everyone for joining and we'll see you on the next episode.
0: BugCrowd's award-winning platform combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at bugcrowd.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hacker Factory podcast with Philip Wiley